It wasn't always our goal to have live events here at the ranch, but we made the move from Idaho to Oklahoma and it was a, a desire. We moved during the pandemic. So 2020, we had people who were calling, asking if they could come out. They, they have, haven't seen the animals in real life. They follow us on social media and it just turned into an opportunity. It felt like we couldn't really ignore. So Ben and I have decided that it is best for our ranch to ebb and flow to whatever is needed. Whatever calling is asked of us, then we're going to try to fill that, fill that need, that void um, within our community. And that happened to be bringing people to experience the country. And we've kind of adopted that as being our lingo to come out and experience the country. Um, I think a lot of times we have opportunities that are right in front of us that maybe we aren't ready to take that leap for. We don't know how to take the leap for. So today we're going to be talking to you about how we are making the move towards starting a festival and how a lot of times I see festivals are started. I don't see how festivals are started. I always see farms and ranches who are putting on these extravagant, elaborate carnivals, festivals that have been going on for 35 years. And I always, always wonder like, how do they get started? So that's why I love our podcast. The behind the scenes side of it is that I always want to bring people onto the podcast to talk with us about how they got started, the basics, the ins and outs, the questions that you don't always get to see um, or learn about because they're showing you the finished product um, for per se. So I am going to talk with you guys today about the festival that we started. We are technically in year two of the festival. Last year, we just barely got our feet wet and we started a fall festival. So our area does not have a fall festival and we felt like this would be a great way to bring people to the community to get our name out there that would in turn help with um, getting people to schedule a birthday bash with us during any other part of the year, doing um, private photos, scheduling their time to do a private event, renting out the facility so that they can have their own event here at the ranch and just being a venue in that sense. So we thought that the the ranch being opened for a fall festival was easy for people to understand what that would be. Um, We tried a couple of different events here at the ranch this year that I would say were not as successful as I was thinking they were going to be, maybe because it was a little bit off the wall. It was a little bit harder to have the communication side of it. I didn't have videos already because we hadn't done an event. Um, The communication of telling people what it was Um, For instance, we were going to try to do something called the color run. And well, we called it the color trot because the color run is trademarked. So we called it the color trot. And the idea was that it was going to be a fun run for people to come get dressed in white. And we were going to have volunteers spraying the guest with powdered color. And they would run through the orchard and we would spurts them with all of this different color. And we thought, okay, this would be super fun. Uh, It was not something that has been done in our community before. And so then therefore it was kind of hard to communicate 
what exactly it was. We had some miscommunication of like, oh, the color run, the animals are going to be running. We were going to do a race. Um, maybe they thought that you had to be a professional runner in order to run this. And you know, oh, the, I'm not a runner. I don't want to do it. So there was a little bit of the hurdles going around it. So we decided that, you know what, we're going to put a lot of our eggs in one basket and we're going to move more towards putting more of our focus for the remaining part of the year. So we did decide to cancel a couple of the events because we wanted to put more of the focus, more of the money going towards something that is already tried and true. People know what a fall festival is. People know what a pumpkin patch is. And we wanted to move in that direction. So we decided to go with that. And it was something just carrying out what we've already been doing this it would be like I said, this is would was our second year doing it. Our first year we did it on one Saturday from about ten to five and we had a great turnout. It was so much fun. Um we thought, okay, let's do some of those same elements, but then let's enlarge it a little bit. So we went with a Friday and a Saturday and we even took on a Sunday. So today I'm talking with you guys about uh, what our thoughts are about doing those types of things and hopefully if you guys decide to do some sort of festival if you want to open up your farm to a an event then maybe you can learn from us as well and then just telling you kind of the back end type of thing because I want you guys to be on this journey with us so if you are just interested in kind of why we do things around here hopefully this podcast will lead you into understanding that a little bit more so Ben and I have the idea of doing the same thing a fall festival was the the back end of it it's in the fall time but we wanted to add music into it so our brand name is simply country ranch and we love country music country music festival something fabulous for that we've got the venue we have the attraction of the farm animals we added lots of different activities such as the pumpkin launching a train ride for the kids this year a bounce house we added a zip line lots of different things so that was the attraction to give them something to do while they're here and then we added the music side of it so we talked back and forth we tried to get as much insight of how to build a music festival as we could uh, before jumping ahead first into it so we knew we needed a stage we knew we needed to have artists and so that side of things if you wanted to bring on live music to your event start local is kind of what i would think reach out to your city manager people um, or different venues that have already doing the same type of thing and maybe they have a guest list that they already love working with those artists and you can start with them and getting out their the artist writer how much are they going to cost you what are their requirements making sure that you guys would be equally the best fit because some of those artists that we talked to we recognized that we weren't the best fit for their band um, maybe they needed certain things that we weren't able to provide uh, and those would be just making sure that you are upfront about what you have or what what can you provide was great and we found a lot of our artists that we wanted to reach out to through social media um, so finding a dream list is what we started with and we just went down and contacted anybody and everybody you can go to the direct artists themselves and message them and some of them responded with their booking agent and they gave us that contact information some of them are their own booking agent and they will just give you some insight on what they want to go with um, another thing is is you can also just go to their 
their business page, their website, and go to the tour section. And in their tour section, they'll tell you um, who their booking agent is if they're already booked on that date. Don't even bother contacting them if they're already booked on that day. Uh, and so, and we went with that. Our first guest for the Country Music Festival, the Simply Country Festival, was Justin Adams, and he is absolutely marvelous. He put on a fabulous show. It was a true Friday night honky-tonk get-down. He is an Oklahoma local, and now he lives in the Nashville area, but he was great because he had a poll that brought people to our location from outside of our little McAllister town and so he's from the Bixby area which is about two hours from where we're at and he actually had people who came out to see him so that was great to draw people to our festival that might not have wanted to come in the past just because they wanted to come and see Justin so that's something definitely to think about Justin was such a fabulous person to work with he puts on a great um, energizing concert so friendly and you want to know what his writer was I just get a kick out of this because once you start to read some people's writers you really are understanding um, the back end of things of how the artists work but they do have some stipulations that they want like certain drinks they want certain foods uh, regardless in order, in order to make it comfortable for them to perform. And Justin's writer killed me. One thing that we were on the phone with him having that conversation and hashing out some details, he says, I just want a really good piece of cake. I was like, got it, done, Justin. We have got you covered on that. I'll get you a piece of cake. <laughs> uh, so I would highly recommend Justin. And uh, then we that he was our headliner and then we backfilled from there once we matched our headliner and we knew okay what stage he was going to be on we rented a stage from uh, a local place here in oklahoma tnt sound and stage and they were fabulous tommy is highly um intelligent to what to what information you want to know about the banners the sound when to set up, all of those kind of things. He was fabulous as well to work with. So again, if you're in the Oklahoma, he does travel, but in that area, I would recommend him as well. And then we decided to go with artists that were going to be his opener that were more of our local bands. So we decided to pool a lot of our money, our funds towards our big headliner, and then went ahead and filled it with our opener acts that were more of our local, more of our inner budget type things that we could spruce to continue on with that festival and just make it for a great evening. That was our Friday. We decided to add second, a second show about midway through because midway through our planning, it was kind of last minute on that type of thing, but I'm really glad we did it because when you're doing a two-day festival, you have people who might not know about it or they might have heard about it but they're too afraid to come because they haven't seen too much about it around town so they might have heard about it on friday and then we really kick-started it with like facebook ads on that friday as everything is going on because then that might have picked them up for saturday and so then they attended on that saturday trip and we went with Justin Adams on Friday and our second day was Derek Jones. And Derek Jones is a Navy veteran and he comes from, I believe it's Wisconsin, Illinois. Oh shoot, I will have to look that up. He, he, we found him off of TikTok. And again, like I said, it was a last minute deal. I had sent Ben a message and I was like, look at this guy. He's got some great music. And 
Ben said, that's it. I need him. I, he needs to come play at the festival. And I, again, I was like, Ben, we already have our lineup for Friday. I don't want to take on a second day. That means we have to extend our, our stage rental. We have to extend the sound guy. All of these things. I said, no way, Jose. But we did it. And I'm really glad we did. Derek was fabulous. He was so wonderful to work with. The crowd absolutely loved him. And it was a wonderful time. So I'm glad that we did it. And again, we reached out to more local bands and we went with two openers and then Derek was our headliner. And we have a local sound guy, Sound Prairie. Corey is great to work with as well. So make sure you know who is going to be your sound guy. I would definitely recommend that. Um, making sure that you have someone that you can hand, that they can handle the sound, not you taking that on. A lot of times, you know, when you're definitely working with larger bands, they do prefer you to have an actual sound person to be working with instead of you just working off your CD player, your, your little boom box type of thing. So make sure you have that. And it's not as costly as you would really be thinking that it was going to be. A lot of the costs come from the artist cost and the, and the stage cost um, to rent those two items. Those were some of our two biggest packages. Again, with sound, they, they are a little bit on that pricey side but you're paying for a performance you're paying for a professional to take those on and the last thing that you want is sound not to go on and you've said that you were going to have a concert <laughs> so those are two different things I think that the things that we learned about was this year compared to the previous year the previous year was an all-day festival just come by whenever you can and we had a more of a steady flow of guests who would come throughout the whole day. And this year when we had it, we had more of a designated time of when music was going to start. So knowing that our guests didn't come until around that time that music was going to start. So that was kind of a good thing for me to now understand moving forward. What do we want this to look? How do we want this to move forward? How do we get the best bang for our buck and be the best location venue for our for our um, food trucks, for our craft vendors? We want this to be the best place for them to get the most out of their time as well because our the attendees who came this time um, we had a little bit on the slower side in the morning and I was thinking we were going to be similar to the previous year which was more of a steady time so that was a little bit different and so again that communication is really key making sure that you tell your customers uh, all on your social media page if you have email marketing make sure to go ahead and send that out them give them a timeline of when things start a rules or guidelines, what they can expect, where to park, how much parking is, how much the attendance is, what comes with the attendings, that kind of thing. So being really upfront about that, I think is key to success. Another thing that we wanted to communicate was with the people who might have put on these types of events in the past. So always you're welcome to reach out to me if you have any questions and maybe you might not want to put something on as big of a scale. You just want to do a little bit smaller. Always reach out. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you might have. But we have some friends that work in the Boise area um, and they're great longtime friends. Allison and Rebecca and Nathan, Nathan and Rebecca Fast, they, are, all three of those have been a world of information. They have worked with the Boise 
music festival. They've worked with the Country Stomp radios. They've helped with putting on a lot of these events. So I picked their brain. And what do I need to know before getting too deep into this? Because you do want to just be understanding and prepared for all possible things. And a lot of times, if you are not able to see how things are done, you wonder, is it even possible? You, yourself, your family, putting this event on, or is it really honestly too much to take on? And so that's some of the questions that I wanted to know ahead of time going into this type of event, because I don't want to disappoint any of the people who we've asked to be a part of it, whether that would be the vendors, the attendees, the food trucks, all of that kind of thing. Um, We did end up getting sponsors and we are so grateful for that. We want this to be a festival that is going to be for the city. Again, like I had said, I looked for our ranch to meet a need that was not already in use. Um, One thing that I love about the McAllister area is that I would like to think of it as being a really big blank slate. It is a growing community, but there's not a lot of things that are put in place just yet. So I'm really excited that we were able to be a part of the growingness of this city. There's a lot of things that go on as festival-wise, but there wasn't a complete fall festival going on with full with attractions and your typical fall fallness of things. So um, we went with that. And like I said, I just want this to be a big community event, trying to fill something that was needed, experience the country. So partnering things that we are already doing, things that we already have to offer, and then enhancing that and making it a big day event. Going forward, I definitely think I would shorten my time a little bit on. So for next year, I'm definitely going to have a shorter Friday, not so long, maybe start right as school is getting out because that was another thing. If I had done it on like a a fall break time, I think I would have had a better turnout um, because the kiddos weren't getting off of school. People weren't getting off of work on that Friday. And so it was a little bit on that dead time. It was a very long day on Friday and it didn't really start picking up until in the afternoon. So that going forward, I think that would be a great thing to do as well. Um, doing more of our local bands on that Friday night and maybe our big shebang on a Saturday night, meaning like bringing in a, a, a big artist to have that pull on that Saturday. I liked selling tickets as a dual day, meaning like it's a two-day pass, hopefully getting those people to be reoccurring customers. So coming in for that Friday, but then coming back, bringing an extra guest, going back again for the things they really loved and they wanted to do again on that Saturday, but selling them as a one ticket purchase, um, I thought was really great. My Saturday, I would say that my time frame was great. It was a long day, so I do want to keep that in mind, but you're hitting your market differently. You've got little kids that need to come in the morning time, some of your older guests who want to come in in the morning time and leave before lunchtime or stay just through lunchtime. I think it really hit that market great on that. I don't think I will continue on with that Sunday. Sunday was a great day because it allowed us to clean up. Um, It was much slower of a day, but I think we could have ended Um, on that Saturday. So I think going forward, we'll do that. It's a lot of work. It is so much behind the scenes. You're asking a lot from volunteers or your paid staff. You're asking yourself, I had blisters on the bottom of my feet in places I had no idea underneath my toes. Like, oh my gosh, just the pain thinking of it because you're just constantly working. You're constantly on your feet. 
And so knowing that, I think that um, I took a very big chunk for my second year. I know this festival will continue to grow. So if you are wanting to put something on and maybe you don't have as big of a turnout as you were hoping to, that's okay. People are going to come back. They're going to need to hear about it before they experience it. Or if they do experience it, then the next year those people are going to tell them tell their friends, tell their family, and it's just going to continue to grow. The people who have these festivals who are going on, and they've had it going on for 35 years, these are festivals that are big and extravagant because they have had to start from somewhere. So I'm reminding myself this as I'm telling you all this because it is a lot easier said than done. It's a lot easier to say, um, I want this to be massive. I want 10,000 people to come to this festival and it just be out of the moon exciting and packed with people but you have to remember that those state fairs those longtime festivals that have been going on they have to start from somewhere so I'm here to tell you that it's okay to start where you are at and what you have and you can continue to grow and build and the people want to watch that continue and they you have to start from somewhere is basically what I'm saying so don't be discouraged and also that would be another note too is what's your goal when you're about to start embarking on a new journey I think that is important for you to set your goal first and foremost so that that's what you're judging it off of one of our goals this year was we put in a parking lot we did not have enough parking the previous year so this year we cleared about 15 acres of land that we were going to be set up ready to go for a parking lot. We knew Ben, ben and I had set that goal ahead of time. We wanted our venue to run. We wanted our venue to run successfully. We wanted it to have a smooth transition of people driving in, driving out, being able to take tickets, people for them to understand where to go, what to do, what do we offer and going with it on that avenue we can't have a venue that doesn't work because if you're putting in if you bring the people great but if your venue doesn't work then you're putting a sour taste in their mouth because they didn't like it they didn't have a a positive experience so therefore they might not come back the following year so also understanding that you know how it might not be about the guests that attend you just want things to run smoothly did your zipline work? Did people enjoy themselves? Those are all things that I think should count just as much as a win rather than making money. Now, if you are a nonprofit, if you are a profit business, also understand those differences when you are asking for sponsorships or when you are applying for something. Um, that business side of thing is important to understand. So make sure that you're looking at those two different avenues for your guidance and I am so excited for the future. We're planning a next our city meeting with our with the city manager as well as the head of tourism. So then that way we can plan for next year because these things do take time. Don't wait to the last minute to do them. Um, so then that way you're successful when it comes to marketing, when you have time to pro, um, promote your pictures, when you have time to set up. I mean, I really underestimate the amount of time it really does just to put up flowers, decorate an area so the building of structures take a lot of time in order to do so keep that in mind when you are working and i'm excited for the future and again i'm just reiterating from the very beginning where we said that 
your farm and ranch might start in one avenue, but you realize that you can ebb and flow as your time goes on and changes. And you change as a person, your goals change as a ranch, and you're finding in different avenues, different ways of communicating with the public what you do. This having people bring bringing people to your farm in some sort of fashion, whether it's going to be a class, whether it's going to be um, a festival like we do, birthdays at the ranch, private tours, whatever you're doing, that is selling them for the future. So whatever else your your ranch does, if you sell beef, if you sell different um, chicken products, if you're selling eggs, you need the people to understand who you are, what you do, and educate the community about where what you are doing. So this would be a great way for you to bring people to your place to continue on that growth and that financial income for you for the remaining part of the year. So we kind of think of that as our big spotlight and we're excited. We think that we're going to continue on on some of our major holidays. So our next one is going to be December 10th is going to be all about Christmas. Christmas at the ranch. We're bringing Santa Claus out. Again, it is one of the things that I think, what do we have already and how can we elaborate with that? We've got an orchard. We're going to build a Christmas light walk for the kiddos to come and walk around and take Christmas pictures with Santa Claus. We own a sign company. The sign company is going to take pictures and print them on site so people can take home their Christmas photos with them. And again, um, that one and then our Easter one. We'll do that again as our second annual. We did an Easter egg hunt. The Easter Bunny came, take photos. And so those were a big events. I think those are going to be some of our three main events. We might add on an extra day um, in the middle of summer. I really liked doing the oh gosh what is it called I'm blinking movies at the ranch so little events are great as well if you can take them on um, and then maybe a big event as well so those are some of my feedback I hope you guys learned a little bit about the ins and outs of how festivals get started why they do them and kind of where we're going as our journey and I hope you guys continue to follow along with us at Simply Country Ranch again if you have any questions or if you'd like to learn a little bit more please reach out this is Lauren Denny and Ben Denny um, running the ranch here in McAllister Oklahoma